We did just want to mention before we proceed with today's podcast that we did run into some technical issues during recording at the Just Giving Awards. Unfortunately, some of the interviews didn't quite record as we would expect it. However, we have included them, so please do bear with us. It is not throughout the whole of the episode, and I can honestly say that James did not spill a pint of beer all over the recording equipment. Enjoy. Welcome to Season 6 of the Do More Good podcast, a selection of interviews with the movers and shakers from the third sector and beyond, telling the stories of people doing more good. I'm James, fundraiser at Blood Cancer UK, Marie Curie and now at Sue Ryder. I'm also treasurer of the events fundraising group of the CIOF and Bexley Cross Country Champion 1994. And I'm Kenneth, currently working for the amazing organisation that is Park Run, previously charities lead at London Marathon Events and proud of my time as a fundraiser at Alzheimer's Research UK. Father of three football-obsessed children, average golfer and previously 2017 rising star in the Next Generation of Fundraisers Awards. Be that, James. You're listening to the Do More Good podcast. The Do More Good podcast. Uh, welcome to Do More Good podcast. Do good, do more. Do more good podcast. Do more good podcast. That's what you want me to say. Yeah, you're okay. say? listening to the Do More Good podcast. Here we are, James, back again. It's the Do More Good podcast. It's episode. One bloody hundred! How about that? We made it. We made it to a hundred. Uh, and it's lovely. I'm going to go sentimental. It's lovely that we are back at the event where we very first recorded episode one. We've returned for episode 100. Can I just touch your face? <laughs> like, I've seen you digitally for the last... Um, <laughs> the last how many years two and a half yeah. years and yeah we haven't seen each other face to face for, for yeah two and a half years we recorded an episode um just the, the night before lockdown and then disappeared off into to do the thing that made us feel dirty yeah absolutely and it's um yeah it's incredible to be back here it's hosted by just giving where they basically just recognize the brilliance that is out there in the community i mean we're just looking behind us now they've got creative fundraiser of the year they've got outstanding commitment award they've got fundraising team of the year charity of the year there's some brilliant individuals that we're hoping to speak to tonight and ultimately this is what the do more good podcast is all about it's a very good point kenneth i think uh, they they just do what we do a lot better <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's celebrating the actual people that raise the money, the fundraisers out there. It's, it's a wonderful night. Yeah, and I think we've had some like really... In- I mean, just reflecting on the last two and a half years, you know, I've been super inspired. I know you have been super inspired by some of those conversations that we have. Like, you just have to think about the brilliant and amazing people that we've spoke to. You know, I mean, intellects far beyond ours. You know, drive... Some of them have an A-level. <laughs> Exactly. Drive, passion, commitment, everything. Like just people that just want to want to do more good. And essentially, that's why we started this thing five years ago. Oh, I know, a long time. We've only we've managed to drag ourselves to a hundred episodes over five years, but we got there. We got there. And that's that. that I mean, if you take anything away from this episode, it's the resilience of the of you, basically, <laughs> putting up with me every two weeks on a Zoom call. 
Yeah. That's not bad, though, is it? Like, if you average it out, we've done 20 episodes a year for five years. What's that? How many? One every two weeks, yeah. approximately? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It is. And your trip away, you know, we, we haven't come too far today. But uh, we've been away. We've taken our dear listener to Amsterdam. We've taken them to Scotland about six or seven times. <laughs> but we've taken them to events. And hopefully tonight we can do this event justice. Because I think it's quite, you're quite, like it's like an Arsenal ticket at the moment. Oh, God. You, you, got, you know, you're lucky to get in the room tonight. It's quite, it's quite inspiring, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And every, everyone's dressed up again and everyone's together again and everyone's enjoying themselves. And there'll be a few drinks at the bar, but which we may, no, we maybe, yeah. maybe not. But did you see that guest this week that got in touch with us? And he'd obviously read the website, which we need to update, where he'd said, oh, um, yeah, guys, I'm just looking. Uh, I think we'd, we'd, we'd said, like, yeah, we'd love to have you on as a guest. Uh, and he said, like, which pub are we going to? Yeah, wouldn't that be nice? And I was like... You haven't seen the inside of a pub for a long no, time. No, no, I've been avoiding pubs for the last two and a half years. But yeah, he said, which pub are we going to? And, and of course, situations have changed. Like, I'm no longer based in central London. You're obviously working from home. Everyone's hybrid. And it's just harder to get people together in places again. But maybe we need to make a focus. And maybe once a month, once a month, James, we go, okay, let's do something in London. Yeah, and uh, that will obviously send the... Uh the overheads on the Do More Good podcast through the roof with your bar bill. I generally t- turn up and you're six pints in already. So uh, if you know anybody feels like funding that, we'll send you our Weatherspoons link in the next episode. Well, we've had a few conversations, haven't we? We talked. We should talk about this funding thing because it always comes up. Like oh, people say, you've been going for five years. Surely, the numbers. I mean, I looked at the stats the other day. We on we are on uh, or in position forty three on the Kazakhstan not for profit. Yes. Podcast list. Yes, I mean that was what we were always aiming for. When we set out, we set our objectives of making it into the forties of the <laughs> <laughs> do uh, social good space. So, no. do we just retire it there? I mean, I mean maybe, maybe. I mean, maybe. Uh, but yeah, no. But but no. No. no to, 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 to be honest, we did, we have made number two in the UK on at certain points. Um, it tends to fluctuate up there and down. We've never made the number one spot from the stats that I was looking at the other day. But hey, maybe tonight is the the, the opportunity. This is the night in many in more ways than one. It's lovely to see you face to face. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see what we can capture tonight. We'll get some interviews with people. We'll get some of the charities. We'll get some of the fundraisers. We'll get some of the organisers on, and uh, yeah, take you with us on an evening at the Just Giving Awards. Yeah, are you going to start slurring later on? or I mean, you, I already feel... <laughs> Not already. I already feel like we are. Yeah, as you say, yeah, let's, 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 let's speak to some people. Let's, let's have a good time. Let's, let's chat about all things inspiring and, and, and social good. And uh, let's see where we end up. All right, see you at the bar. Laters. You're listening to the Do More Good podcast at the Just Given Awards 2022. Oh. Please welcome from BBC Radio 1, your hosts for, the, for tonight, Vic Hope and Jordan North. Some of the most incredible human beings on planet Earth. 
Now this year is particularly special. It marks the 11th annual Just Oh, what, you using them ones? Yeah, let's go, let's go. She told me you'd do this. She told me. She warned me. She warned me. She did. She said they'll get you. They'll get you at your worst. <laughs> so we've managed to call her Sophie. Hello. The organiser supreme of this evening, the person who actually gave us the invite. You're making me blush, James. <laughs> You're making me blush. Always the game. Always the game. <laughs> How does it feel to be here? Incredible venue tonight. We're at the Roundhouse in Chalk Farm. We have really upped our game this year, I feel. And it's been two long years since we were able to celebrate all of our amazing fundraisers and finalists so it's been a long time coming and we are extremely excited yeah yeah you said it there tonight is all about the fundraisers Always. celebrities are here we've been milling about networking schmoozing chatting to our mates but tonight is all about the people who actually raise the money and that's beautiful right? and our charity of the year finalists too of course we're not ever forgetting about them but yes it's about the people who are making the world a better place. Nice. nice. One final question. Okay. What is the most inspiring story that you have come across in the build-up to tonight which you think everyone needs to know about? Oh, you've gone there. You really have gone yep. there. Look, it's not my job to show favouritism at all, but there is one story this evening that really did yeah. blow me away, um, and that was one of our change maker of the Year finalists. Her name's Zoe and uh, she lost her son to knife crime. Uh, and instead of um, choosing to a life of, of misery and sadness and, and experiencing grief, she decided to turn that grief into um, raising money to buy bleed kits in the center of Nottingham, which will now help other people who have unfortunately also experienced knife crime. And I just think that is absolutely unbelievable. You have nailed it. One of many inspiring fundraisers making the world a better place here tonight exactly that so thank you you are welcome you and you this is the do more good podcast we are right now at the just given awards 2022 and guys can you believe it this is in fact the 100th episode how nuts is that yeah! <laughs> we are now delighted joined by not one but three northern lads who you'll recognise from TV programmes like Coronation Street, Waterloo Road, Emmerdale, Neighbours and Love Island. Christmas has come all at once today <laughs> because to present the Young Fundraiser Award tonight we've got all of the Thomas brothers, Ryan, Scott and Adam! <laughs> privilege to be in such great company tonight, especially to present an award as special as this. Can I do this bit? Yeah, okay. Don't right. <laughs> no, let me do it. I'll do it. I'll Don't do it. let me do it. Who's going to announce the winner? I'm going to do it. And the winner is Max Woozy. Here we go. So we've got the boys just yeah. after the announcement of the award for Young Fundraiser of the Year. Yeah. And the most impressive bit of that is that none of you, you held it together, none of you shed a tear on the stage, whereas the rest of us out here were in floods. How was that? It was amazing. You know, just being here tonight is an unbelievable experience. But I'll be honest to you, like we were backstage, so we didn't get to see the video. So oh. we missed out on all of that. Oh. It was punchy. The videos were punchy. We missed out yeah. on all of that. We were backstage stage arguing about who's going to announce the winner. That's all we were bothered about. And then when we came out, we seen our friends. I was like, what's, what's up? Went, 
did you not see the video? I said, no, we didn't see the video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all our friends who sat on the table tonight are all really, really like emotional and crying. Yeah. But we didn't, we missed out on that part of it. But well, we from- We've heard the stories and at the same time is it just puts everything in perspective. Some days when you think you're having a bad day and you see what these youngsters are like doing to sort of raise money and raise awareness around certain things. It's just inspiring. Yeah. Brilliant, yeah, brilliant. Max at one tonight. And apparently he's been sleeping in a tent in his garden for so long. I was like, why don't you just tell your mum and dad that you don't like your bed? <laughs> you know what I mean? Just, just tell them how it is. Well, you know what? That leads me on to the next question, right? Like, as, as young lads, you must have been recruited to do fundraising things at school, at Scouts, at the football club. Which one of you did the best fundraising job when you were younger? When we were young? Well, listen, I've got, I've got a son, right? And in lockdown, uh, he was inspired by uh, Captain Tom Moore. This That's is amazing. amazing. He was his bye-bye. And, yeah, I mean, we did this a fundraiser with Just Giving, actually. And throughout lockdown, he, 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 I think he walked over 10 miles. And he was only like seven or eight at the he time. He really struggled, Adam. He really struggled. <laughs> but we raised, I think it was over 15,000 pounds in lockdown. Yeah, it's very good. I know that was the most proudest moment to see. How, just the fact that he was inspired by this man who had raised millions. And it's just the effect that this guy had on the, on the world. Let alone the younger generation, yeah. our, our little um, nephew. And he really said to dad, he was like, dad, I can't do this. But he still finished it. And it's now that will be ingrained in him for the rest of his yeah. life. And even being here tonight, I know from the friends and family I brought here tonight, that will be ingrained in them because yeah. there's something really inspirational about the work that these guys have all put into fundraising for Just Giving. And it's, a, it's, it's quite a proud moment for us to be a part of tonight. Absolutely. So you didn't quite answer the question, but I'll remember <laughs> when I was about 13 at my school, they launched 24-hour famine. Right, you can't eat for 24 hours because what we're going to do is we're going to support, support UNICEF. And you go and raise some money and not eat for 24 hours. You could drink water, but you couldn't eat for 24 hours. Now, that was a bloody challenge, I'll tell you. How old were you? How old? Look at the state of me. I'm about 16 stone. What, are you still carrying it on now? Well, <laughs> I bloody wish I was. I was like, you can give up now, mate. <laughs> But you know, that was a challenge, that was a challenge that was. And I remember getting to the end of the day, 24 hours later, and I was like, mum and dad, I'm starving. Yeah. I was like, can we go for kebab, meat and chips? So my question is, at the end of a 24 hour famine, you haven't eaten anything in 24 hours because you're raising money for a good cause. What are you going to eat? Oh, I love my Lebanese food. Oh. My lamb chops, oh. halloumi, hummus, pita bread. Yeah, that's my vibe. Oh, it's all like fun though, isn't it? It's all on plan. Is it on plan? I run a nutrition. You know your macros. <laughs> yeah. Food for thoughts. Big shout out to food for thoughts. Scott, big podcast. Yeah. Massive, massive in the good set. Look, guys, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate yeah, it. You, can, I say, can I say we've been on your podcast? Will you come on Manx and the Mike podcast? Have you got a good podcast? It's all right. Yeah. It's massive, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> much bigger than ours. Thank you so much for having us, guys. Thank you. Cheers, guys. Podcast live at the Just Giving Away Ones. Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. Do more good. Yeah. That's it. That's all you have to say. Just, I mean, I've how many got takes does that take? One take. <laughs> One take. You're listening to the Do More Good podcast live at the Just Giving Awards 2022. Amazing. That is spot on. So we've managed to catch Max backstage after just winning his award. How did that feel to win it? It feels absolutely amazing and it's such an honour to win it. Yeah, and, and uh, you were just saying to us um, that you went up on stage and you weren't sure that you were going to have to say anything. 
No, I thought it was just a smile and wave and you go off. I didn't realise I'd say something. So as soon as I got on there, I was like, I'm a word, I'm a word. I didn't say something. It's like, uh, this should sound good enough, but hopefully, hopefully it was. Brilliant, mate. You did an awesome job. And you've done an awesome job in, in your challenge as well. Like, it must have been a lot of attention from it, but to win an award for it, it feels absolutely amazing. But to never start with this for any of this, and just for the recognition from, especially from just giving you, I've been, you've helped with all the fundraising and they've helped with all the pages that you've done. It's just absolutely lovely. And um, I'm going to bring Mum in. Because during the uh, the presentation there, we talked about how you weren't keen on him fundraising to start with, so that wasn't a thing. And now he's gone on to raise a fortune and be given awards yeah, for big celebrities and have his photo taken. Like, he is a maelstrom out here. Everybody's trying to grab a bit of you. It must be an amazing moment for you to appreciate what he's done. Well, absolutely we are just so ridiculously proud of him and yes the lesson from all of this has been do not listen to me because I think my exact words were sweetie that's a lovely idea but nobody's going to pay a 10 year old to sleep in a tent she was laughing while saying it she thought it would be a crazy idea so so we have a new rule where we listen to Max occasionally and let him have a go um, but I do need to say thank you to Just Giving because the support that we had for the Max's Big Camp Out and the big banner page where all children got to choose their own charity, they got to do it their way and they were in control. And that's we, exactly what Max wanted. We couldn't have done any of it without Just Giving for Max's Big Camp Out. They were, honestly, they were the true brains and they were the true heroes for that because we needed them the most and they managed to succeed with uh, their Yeah, it was brilliant. We just wanted children to be in control for a weekend and actually have a say. I think traditionally children, if they fundraise, they're told what they're doing, how they're doing it and who for. And I think Max has proved that actually they can do it on their own. So it, it's just been a journey. It's been brilliant. What a lovely message. Thank you both very much. Enjoy the celebrations this evening. Thank you so much. So serendipitously, we have bumped into the two people that 99 episodes ago we talked to about the idea of the Do More Good podcast. And on the walk from the pub to the Just Giving Awards 2017, we trusted two people, didn't we, to give us their opinion on the name, the format, the idea of us getting to 100 episodes. And, and Kenneth, just before we bring them in, what was their feedback? You know what, I thought they were going to be amazing supporters, like good friends of ours that helped us, motivated us along the years, and they basically shot us down, James. They did, they did. I think they did. You know what? We won out. Five years later, 100 episodes later, we are still here. Okay, the case for the defence is coming up, because we have Lucy here, who uh, we, we pitched the idea to, on, on a, like, a fair, to give her credit, she was, she was stuck crossing a zebra crossing as we gave you the pitch uh, which isn't easy but you were at the genesis of this you were at the very beginning yeah it was like a beatles moment as we crossed the uh, zebra crossing and you two with all your wonderful ideas i remember so what ken said wasn't true i remember thinking that is a really good idea and if there's any two people that can pull it off you mentioned beer actually your pitch was like we're gonna have beers we have beers with people and interview them Fortunately, the one thing that we have stuck to is the beers. That's what's pulled us through. But it was nice to have champions from the start. 100% champion. Look at what you've achieved. And Lucy, can you recall any of the episodes you've actually listened to? Yep. 
there's so many. There's just so good. I just can't reel them all off. <laughs> we'll take that. And uh, Susie's sitting here quietly, uh, tending not to have an opinion. When I very first pitched it to you, you and I and your friend massively fell out about it, and uh, we had a bit of a falling out at the Just Giving Awards. She is here tonight. What? <laughs> <laughs> we'll be. That is going to be worth listening to the reunion. You were on the one and only Do More Gold Uncovered version. One thirty in the morning. Remember that one. Oh, the running awards, the one that was never released. Yeah, I think you probably interviewed quite a lot of people there and we'd had quite a lot of drinks. Never, it should never, never come out. Thank you very much for supporting us throughout. It's lovely to see you on our 100th episode back here. Do more good. Do more. Do more good. Do more good. Do more good. Do more good. Are you recording? Yeah. You're listening to the Do More podcast at the Just Giving 2022 Awards. just caught up with the presenters of the team of uh, team of the year award and you talked about getting a little bit emotional out there i think you're, n- you're not alone oh my god like, i'm sitting ne- i'm sitting next to craig and amy who pushed a wheelbarrow the length of wales and their video came up and i started getting emotional sitting next to them so i couldn't really turn towards them and then we had uh, young fundraisers of the year yeah. and oh yeah. my god those kids no one no one gets through young fundraiser of the year without shedding a tear you it's do you're sociopathic because that is unbelievable yeah. an amazing event it's so good it's just and it makes you realize how important fundraising is it's yeah. unbelievable it's so vitally important and it's just amazing what people are doing yeah, and it's great to be here tonight. We're celebrating the fundraisers rather than... Like, the charities are wonderful. I work for one of them. It's great. But the power behind it is fundraisers themselves that are making the money and doing the challenges. And we're just about to talk to the boys who... Who've just finished like, their walk this morning. They did 640 miles. That's why they're in their trainers still, because they've just finished the walk this morning. It's incredible, isn't it? It's unbelievable. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. So Kenneth, earlier on, we were sat. In, we have to admit this. We were sat in the pub <laughs> opposite a couple of lads, and uh, they looked a little bit nervous about possibly being up for an award tonight. Right. And it turns out they've only gone and bloody won it. Oh. <laughs> I mean, you know, these guys look like they've been come dressed, ready to win an award, <laughs> but they are here <laughs> because of. <laughs> you can probably hear them in the background, and we're a super informal podcast. Yeah, so it doesn't matter. Good job. Guys, I mean, just huge respect to, to everything that you've achieved. I mean, there wasn't a dry eye in the room tonight hearing about your story. I'm sure everyone that has had a, 
has a child or you know has been through what you've experienced but the cause that you're fighting for is super fucking important <laughs> yeah you know and i'm allowed to swear you are um, your podcast. can we swear do you, you mind no. do you yeah. mind yeah, just, yeah. just telling us about why you're doing what you're doing losing a, a daughter to suicide is it's got to be your worst nightmare and it's worse than that yeah it plunges you it shatters you into absolute pieces it's not just you that's shattered it's your whole family mm. it's you know it, it touches so many people but i mean brutally touches them we loved our little girls yeah. you know and we still do love them yeah. and we passionately believe that if a few things have been different they'd still be here and to think of other families going through the same pain as we do it's it, it is unthinkable where we stand here now and we do laugh we do have a joke but it, it is a journey but we still got holes cut out of it the size of our daughters emily beth and sophie i think the hardest part was when we walked last year and we found out you know suicide's the biggest killer of under 35s yeah. in the uk well why does anyone talk about it and we met so many other bereaved parents i mean these are kids of 11 years old that have taken their own lives mm. and no one's talking about it and it's like this we've got to change as a society and uh, we, we kind of felt empowered really we, yeah. like, like you've heard yeah. tonight we, when you lose a, a child to suicide you feel so isolated we just fortunate we joined together and we seem to create a voice and a voice for all those other parents that joined us and uh, we've just got to use that voice and that's why we've done it and when you saw us in the pub we just crammed <laughs> the reason we were celebrating is we, 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 we just finished the walk today another 600 miles between all the four capitals of the UK so that finished at 8.30 this morning. But we'd asked, put it forward a government petition to get suicide prevention put on the school curriculum. Yeah. And it had just passed 100,000 on, on the government petition, which means the government have got to now consider it for debate, which really is us, the people, putting our kids' futures in the hands of the government. They need to come up with the goods now. It's yeah. not, we've yeah, done everything yeah. we can. It's the MPs, it's the government that have got to sort this out. They know that what the problem is face up to it and start doing something about it you know it, it's been it's a weird a weird weird world we live in you know i lost sophie or we lost sophie nearly four years ago and you lost bethany alvey nearly what, two two and a bit years ago yeah and when that happens it's the it's beyond the worst thing beyond the worst thing that can happen in your lives. Your world falls apart. Mm. You know, just just being alive is hard. Mm. Breathing is hard, isn't it? Mm. And for whatever reason, the, th the three of us decided uh, that we had to create something positive yeah. out of uh, the shitty mess that we were finding ourselves in. And uh, last, it was only just last year we found each other, wasn't it? We didn't know and, each and other. How and did, how did you find each other? Because you joked about it on stage, but how, how did you all meet? So, yeah, my M, M died. We were all sick, all on our own. M died in, on the 22nd of March, 2020. Five days later, Mike's Beth died. Uh, and my eldest daughter saw something on the media about Beth's death and this family in Manchester. And that was literally three weeks after Beth died. 
Uh, my daughter, my 21-year-old daughter, came up to me and said, Dad, I'm talking to this bloke in Manchester, which is like <laughs> another every father's... <laughs> oh, <laughs> absolute nightmare. She was talking oh, to. Never talk to anyone. So Mike and I started talking about four weeks after hmm. Emma died and about three weeks after Betha died. Yeah. And then there was a few months later, we learned about papyrus. Yeah. And then you two got together. You were at a papyrus training course, weren't you? And you ended up sitting by this. I was. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, myself and Tim, we support each yeah, other. We massive. didn't. We, we we didn't know each other. Yeah, I yeah, thought yeah. he was five foot three, <laughs> <laughs> bald, hairy, but obviously he's. Which obviously he, he is. Yeah. No, 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 Seven no, foot no, two, good looking. <laughs> it's a podcast, so we can we can build him up a yeah, bit. Yeah, build him up a bit. No, but basically, Tim was a voice on the phone, but he felt the same pain yeah. as I did. You know, as, as time goes on, we thought, you know, we started thinking, what can we do? This, this is horrible. And then we, a friend of mine said, look into papyrus. You know, there's this charity out there. It's a prevention charity, and that's very important. You know, I, I wanted to do something to prevent this happening. So I started looking into it and said to Tim, you know, this is, this is a, a UK-wide problem. Mm -hmm. But when I went to papyrus as well, I started to hear about this guy, this mountain man called Andy Airy, spent all his time the out, out of Dutch. The, the legend that yeah. is. Yeah. You think the he was eight foot tall? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. exactly. He's about three foot tall. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Truth is, he spends so much time from the hills, he's actually got toes on the back of his feet as well. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 but the fact was that Andy was doing... You know, in you know, in the name of his daughter Sophie, he was doing run for Sophie and stuff like that. He was doing some awesome work for Papyrus. But I happened to meet his son Gregor on one of the courses, one of the champions courses, and I said to Gregor, I said, you know, maybe your dad would be interested in this because I could see three places, you know, sort of Cumbria, Manchester, and Norfolk. I could see that. So we made a phone call, spoke to Andy. I had to. Um, yeah, I had to work hard on translating what he was saying. <laughs> but 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 we went for a walk. We, we went for a walk, and and I did. I I sort of drew out this clumsy map on AA Route Atlas, and he yeah. laughed because he, he loves his maps. Right. But he said yes immediately. Yes immediately went back to Tim, and Three Dads Walking was born. It was as if it was meant to happen. And, you, and you, you talked about this petition that you've signed. You've talked about the need to have in schools more conversations, more education about mental health. Isn't it logical? Yeah. It absolutely is logical. And but I think as a parent myself, like I, I understand it. But there's a, there's a challenge there. There's a, there's a how, there. how old are your kids? Uh, 12, 10 and 8. Okay. And so you've got kids who have got phones? Yeah. So they can access the world on that phone. Mm. Yeah. So do you want them to find out about suicide on that phone or do you want to them them to be taught about it in a safe and sensible way Absolutely. so you know the choice is up to us mm. as a society mm. so what we're saying is why not get that into the curriculum the early years and build it up through as Mike was saying right up right through to university mm. yeah if suicide's the biggest killer of young people in the UK which mm. it is we need to tell them about it. If the biggest risk in young people's lives are themselves, surely we have to talk to them about it. I was amazed when uh, Papyrus found out that they often go into schools after there's been a suicide to right. deliver suicide prevention. Yeah, and all we're saying is, 
that's reactive. Let's yeah. do it proactively. Yeah. Let's do it upstream of there. Exactly. Let's give the kids exactly. the skill set to manage those emotions so when they do feel down, they know where to go to. And equally, the teachers, when a child comes to them and says, Miss, sir, I don't want to be here anymore, the teachers know where to signpost. We're not asking teachers to be experts. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All we're doing is say, teachers, first aid, signpost them in the right direction. And why wouldn't you? You do that for fire safety, you do that for road safety, you do that for drugs, you do that for knife crime, you do it for county lines, everything. So let's do it for the biggest killer of our kids. There has to be a balance between academic qualifications and life skills. You know, there's no point in leaving school with so many qualifications, (laughs) academic qualifications, yet you haven't got the skills to look after yourself and, you know, but also those skills as well you can use to look after others. Yeah, yeah, you know, th- these young people are our future. Yeah. They will become adults one day and parents one day. Yeah. I mean, Kenneth and I came out of school without an academic qualification, but somehow managed to cobble together the rough <laughs> skills to pull together a podcast. Wow. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah. when, you got, when you guys were talking about your daughters, there was clear, in your eyes, there was the, the, the pain that you guys have been through is, is, is clear. But what I loved is that you have pulled together as a gang and you can take the piss out of each other and have a laugh about it. That's really resilient and really strong and I love that in you. And, 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 and I guess my last question before we let you go, because I'm sure there's a, there's a beer or hopefully a glass of wine or maybe a Coke or whatever. There's a 20 pound bottle of wine. There's a 20 pound bottle of wine right on the table. Bloody hell. We should be doing this in Manchester. Yeah. <laughs> this, this, this feels like the start for what you guys are going to go on to do. Be- just walk 600 <laughs> 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 So we'd just like to announce they're now going to do a 3,000 miles. But no, but, every year, but I mean, yeah, I mean yeah. in terms of the work that you're doing, like the, 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 this, is, is, this isn't going to leave you. Like you're not going to let this go and just no, go, no, no, today no, we're going to stop, yeah, like yeah. right, no, stop. No, no, like no, no, you're going to carry on. But it isn't just our work. No. That On the way we meet so many charities and yeah. foundations mm. that have been yeah. sort of founded on the deaths of their kids mm. they've lost their kids mm. and they are awesome individuals there yeah. are so many out there if you can harness that power to send it on and there might be something called next year called the um, baton of hope that might link all these you know f- you know these organizations then that would be powerful it's not just us it's everyone working together exactly you guys are the ones that won the award tonight. So congratulations. Well done. Thank you very much. Thank you. Guys, can we get a picture? I mean, honestly. We are here today at the Do More Good podcast for the Just Giving Awards 2022, baby. You did that better than I could have possibly imagined. Of course I did, because I'm cute. sponsor this evening is Pay with Bank Transfer powered by American Express. So we're very delighted to welcome to the stage the president of International Open Banking Payments, Holly Coventry. Lovely to meet you. Uh, you're here at the Just Giving Awards. You've just been awarded the Charity of the Year. How does that feel? Absolutely 
amazing. Yeah, brilliant, right? Yes, just so surprised, delighted, and um, so, so proud on behalf of our charity and our community. And it's been a really tough couple of years. We know the charity sector has been decimated by COVID-19, all of the lockdowns, everything that we've had to go through, but your supporters have pulled together and continue to support you year after year. How do you how do you and the team react to the support that you get from your supporters? It's so difficult sometimes to know how to say thank you to a group of supporters who have never let us down, no matter what. When times are hard, they've come through for us because they know that brain tumours are a devastating disease. And without their support, we wouldn't be able to put the money into research and into the support that's so, so vitally needed. Brilliant. And we're here at the Just Giving Awards, as we've mentioned. How important is Just Giving and fundraising platforms in general to allow you to do the work that you do? Incredibly important. Without them, we would not be able to do the kind of things that we do and involve the community in the way that we do. So it's vitally important to us and our fundraising. Are we going to be at the bar later? I think so. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Tonight's special recognition award is dedicated to Deborah James. And here is her incredible story. I first met Deborah in a studio in East London uh, and we were both wearing nothing but our underwear. <laughs> so um, Dent and I had like followed each other on Instagram for ages. I was doing this fundraising activity of getting women to run through the streets of London in their pants to show that exercise is for everyone no matter their body experience. And I asked her and she said, yeah, of course. <laughs> so that's how I first met Deb. It's funny, you know, because even though obviously we all knew she had this illness and often the very reason we were doing things together was to campaign to raise awareness of these things. You know, you just forgot that she had a terminal illness, you know, because she was so vital and so energetic. You know, Deb and I used to go and do like runs from my house to hers. We'd go from like cake shop to cake shop. You know, she was always pulling me along and that was Deb. She squeezed every last drop out of life. You know, Debs then took it that bit further because she was so active and she was so out there to everything. It's like, Debs, do you want to go to the opera? Come on, let's go. Debs, do you want to come and help this little charity project? Let's go. It really redefined the way you looked at what it, what it might be like to have cancer. It wasn't the end of your world. She refused to hide away and I'm so grateful for that because she opened the curtain on so many things. You know, I always remember in those last days when I was listening to the Today programme, you know, which is usually politics, business, the markets, and I heard Nick Robinson talk about checking your poo, and I thought, Debs, you're just an absolute effing legend. So Deborah wanted to raise as much money as she possibly could um, through the Balbo Fund for Cancer Research UK. She was really passionate about research into cancer, about personalised medicine, um, and also about raising awareness of cancer. So um, we'll be working with other charities, including um, Bowel Cancer UK, the Royal Marsden, and the ICR, um, to fund those causes that Deborah was really, really passionate about, and also to look at raising awareness, which is something Deborah did right at the beginning of her diagnosis. The Balbo Fund 
has already raised £7.5 million in donations, £1.2 million in gift aid and um, further funds through corporate fundraising um, and the sale of product. Deborah was absolutely thrilled with that result. Um, even um, in her final days when she was really unwell, she was so thrilled with the support and it really is a huge tribute to her um, that there was so much passion for the cause that she, that she inspired. Um, and raised that amount of money. Of course she was going to raise £7.5 million pounds because she's Deborah James. Like, what else was going to happen? You know, and I suspect there'll be many more millions that are raised in her name to come. I mean, what legacy doesn't Debs leave behind? Directly because of Debs, there are hundreds of people walking around today who are still alive who might not have been had she not forced to go on certain drug trials. So there's that legacy, which you know cannot be ignored. The people that will have gone to the doctor because they wiped their bum and saw some, some blood on the tissue, you know? There's that legacy, which is so important. But then there's the legacy of, again, changing what it means to be a cancer patient, to be someone who lives with cancer, not someone dying with from cancer. But then that last piece, which was, this is what death looks like and you can you can reshape it and it can be what you want it to be, you know. Because she got to see in those final weeks with the Balbay Fund how loved she was. Rebellious hope, I mean, I mean hope is rebellious, isn't it? You know, and we need it. When we need it most, it has to be rebellious, doesn't it? It has to do some serious heavy lifting. That's what that's what hope is. Rebellious hope is is the legacy she leaves behind as well with the Balbay Fund. Like, even after her death, she will be changing things. She really touched people, you know, because she let herself be seen and she was like, she was every woman, you know? She was the head teacher with kids and she was out there living her life. And that's rebellious hope. Even after she died of her illness, she's changing things. So, so the, the awards have just finished with an incredible moment about Deborah James there. That was it. That was awesome. And we've caught up with the two presenters, Jordan and Vic, about like, how was that for you guys on stage under the bright lights? To present awards like that must be amazing all night. Yeah, it was, uh, like I said to Vic uh, before, it was a really humbling night, wasn't it? And uh, very special. And it felt such a privilege to be able to award, um, to host an award ceremony like that. And also um, to try and not cry during every one. You <laughs> I went. I didn't manage. I didn't. I didn't do it. I cried twice. Was it? Uh, not that it's a competition. Two, two quite big cries, <laughs> where you thankfully um, managed to, to herald over some tissues when I needed them. So thank you so much. He's a good friend. Yeah. Um, it's very emotional. I mean, the, the thing is, people these fundraisers are doing amazing things and they're working so hard to help others but so many of them have been through so much themselves, so many obstacles and such a, 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 a adversity. And hearing about those challenges, it's, you know, it, it really puts things in perspective and you realize just how hard they're working and so selflessly. And it's just, the, the kindness is so immense that it just, you, you, get, you get swept up in it. Like, it, it's, it's kind of happy tears because 
you're happy that there are such good people in the world. Being in a room full of full of them, it's overwhelming, but it's an amazing thing. We should be celebrating. This is what we should be celebrating, yeah, basically. Hundred yeah, yeah. percent. I think. I think that's it, isn't it? We're, we, there's so much negativity around the world mm. at the moment, and and kind of what we try to do on the podcast is spread that there's a lot of love out there. There's yeah. a lot of people doing amazing things that sometimes those stories don't get told as much. I mean, I know you guys will see that in your media careers, like occasionally the last the last story on the day is about someone doing more good. Yeah. But yeah, actually, and finally, <laughs> and finally, and finally, but every day, yeah. day in, day out, like the guy with the trolley that's doing it every day, like the three guys that, you know, their daughter's committed suicide, and you're just like, wow. I mean, it's inspiring to us, I'm, I'm sure, from tonight and in your lives, it's inspiring to you guys as well. Yeah, yeah. it really was. Like you said, at times, it was like hard to go back on stage <laughs> yeah. and hold back the tears and, and introduce the next award. It was really yeah. difficult at times, but like you said, inspiring, uh, emotional, and just a really wonderful evening. And the best thing is now, I don't know if you can hear it in the background, they've got the band on. Yeah. So I think everyone's like getting themselves together because it's a really emotional ending and hopefully they're all gonna get a bit pissed and have a good dance. Exactly, yeah. deserve to have That's a good time. Celebrate, yeah. exactly. celebrate yeah. the good stuff. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. we were saying when we came off, it was the, the three dads walking that got me particularly emotional. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. They, they'd yeah. lost their daughters and they were just, we were saying before, they were just completely normal blokes, right? Who would never expect to be, to be thrust into um, having to even think about this as an issue. And yet in doing, what they're doing, they're literally saving. Because all it takes is a conversation. Yeah. Um, it, all it takes is a conversation. We're losing too many young people. Um, to, and it's, it's avoidable. Like, it's just, it's, it, it, it's preventative. Yeah, yeah, and just seeing that and realizing just how affected so many people, you don't know what someone's going through. When you walk through the streets, you have no idea what any person passing you by is going through. And it sort of hits home when you, you see those three dads. Yeah. Um, and we should be celebrating the good work. So. I was going to say, you guys must understand that the audiences that you have and the coverage and the reach that you have, like mental health now is such an important topic. How, how do you deal with that responsibility to kind of acknowledge it, change the conversation, encourage people to talk about how they're feeling? I think, I don't, I, I, I think it's, it's something that we're trying to learn every day. And we do a feature on our show called The Something Songs. And you'll find, and it's where a listener comes on and they play something old, new, borrowed and blue. Mm. And uh, you'll find there that six, seven times out of ten, somebody will come on and talk about the mental health, but without even using the term mental health now, it's so like, I think it's such, so in the conversation, obviously we need to be talking about it more, but they'll say, you know, I had a couple of bad years or this got me through a really mm -hmm. tough time. And, and I think we're just kind of learning with everybody else, with our listeners. But yeah. one thing we've noticed with um, the younger generation, you know, we appeal to 15 to 24 year olds. That's what Radio One's target audience is. What do, what do we appeal to? Uh, uh, <laughs> 35 to 80. Everyone. Have we got an audience? <laughs> we, we say that, but like with anybody who's over that age, like oh, we always say, welcome. they're more than welcome. <laughs> but they're our core yeah. audience, and they're so open and honest yeah. about the mental health, aren't they? It's something that we. Um, we're all getting better at. We, so it's, today is World Mental Health Day. Yeah, it is. Um, and as well as going home with Vic and Jordan on Radio 1, I do Life Hacks on a Sunday with Katie Thistleton. So that's a show about any issues affecting young people. And it could be anything from exam stress to money to um, careers to physical health to sexual health. But actually, every single 
thing, every single subject always comes back to mental health because it's a part of everything. It's always connected. Mm -hmm. And so knowing that those conversations can be had and that we should be honest and open and that we can and that you're not alone yeah. and that other people are feeling those things too, it destigmatizes. And that's how we learn that the, the tiniest little things can make the biggest difference. And at the end of the day, it's about being kind to yourself and kind to others and being kind to your mind. And um, I think everything that we do on the radio is just trying to spread a little bit more kindness, yeah. spread a little bit more joy, have a laugh. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Can we get you to say to do more good? Do more good. <laughs> yeah. Do more good. Now, you, you talked about the dance floor opening and we can hear the band in the background. Kenneth has got two moves Go and on. he sometimes uses them simultaneously. Will you guys be out on the dance floor? We, can we accept? Like, Jordan, you've got a few moves, I right? I really haven't. I really haven't. <laughs> so, you think so? I assume Jordan would. But we went to a wedding. We went to our friend, Katie, actually, her wedding um, exactly a year ago. And I was like, come on, Jordan, it's time to dance. And he was like, oh, I'm actually not much of a dancer. And it was such a, it was such a shock to me. And he, did, he was on the dance floor for about three seconds. He yeah. did this one move that was sort of like a chicken flapping. Yeah. And yeah. then he was like, right, I'm done. Yeah. And that was that. That was the that end was of it. it. That's yeah. my, I'm not I'm a very big surprised. dancer. Yeah. It's annoying because that is also one of your moves, Kenneth. That is uh, the, the, the chicken. <laughs> <laughs> lovely. Guys, thank you so thank much. You. It was lovely to chat to you. Really Excellent job tonight. Thank you. Yeah. You're listening to the Do More Good podcast live from the 2022 Just Giving Awards. So we're here with Saffron Barker. You've had an amazing evening this evening. We saw you present an award. How was the Just Giving Awards for you? It was truly amazing. I think when I go to things like this, it really puts things into perspective for me. Like I remember before I came, I was having a bit of a like, a meltdown I was like I don't like what I look like like I was getting all upset and emotional and I got here and I was like why do I worry about like the little things in life because actually that just isn't important like there's so many bigger problems in the world and it really does just put things into perspective and just being here tonight has just really shown that and also it's also given me a lot of faith in humanity because there's a lot of amazing people in the world who are just doing things for others, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just saying, I, I remember when you did the, the marathon for Alzheimer's Research UK. I mean, this was probably four years yeah. ago. It was yeah, pre-pandemic, about, about right? four years ago, And I remember yeah. you documented the whole journey and you were like, it was a struggle. But you did it because you believed in the cause. I guess, how important do you think that raising money, supporting causes is for, for other people? How, how important is that for your life? Yeah, well, I think for me, like, obviously it was a charity that was really important to me. My great-granddad had Alzheimer's, and so it affected all of my family. Um, but not only that, a lot of my following is younger, and a lot of them hadn't heard of Alzheimer's or knew what it was, or otherwise they would have grandparents or other people in their family, not even, because I think a lot of people just um, associate that charity with, like, just elderly people actually a lot of young people have Alzheimer's too yeah. and so it was nice because a lot of people that didn't know about it who was my following um, you know it was raising awareness and making them understand what it was and also a lot of people could relate to that and be like oh it's really nice that you know somebody that I follow um, it's not almost going through it because you know it was more my family that went through it but you know it was nice that they could see somebody and realize that actually it's nice that other people are raising awareness for this topic um so for me i think just raising money in general for something that you support is amazing so amazing it's a good point because it's not necessarily something that you're going through i think some of the stories tonight resonated with all of us like i didn't know the, the three guys that we interviewed earlier on whose daughters committed suicide and yet that story came on and it was a punchy story and that hit everybody so like you say you don't necessarily have to have a personal connection with that 
but it can resonate with with how you're feeling about you know whatever cause it may be um, yeah exactly talking of punchy and resonating and memorable the dance floor is firmly kicking off in there. Uh, we've and you're going home. <laughs> I know. I wish I was on my cars here because otherwise, you know, I'd be on that yeah. dance floor. How many, how many moves do you think? Like, Penny's got, like, got two. He's oh no, I have. I have a few. I have five, a few. Five, Trust five, me. Like, I have more than six. More than six. Trust me. And I'm really good at limbo. So. <laughs> Your friend over here is saying you've got one move. Can we see the move? <laughs> She's doing the robot. That's not fair, actually. I do whip out my Strictly moves now and then, although it doesn't go with the club tune. But anywhere I can get a salsa out, I'm like, here I go, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <Come> <laughs> my request a Paso Doble. I reckon we could get away with that. Listen, me and you, next time, Paso Doble. Start yes. learning, okay? You've got to keep get, up. <laughs> thank you so much for your time. Oh, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Kenneth, there it is, the 100th episode. We've been building up to this one, and I think that was pretty special. I think I might retire. <laughs> I don't think it gets any better than that. I think you should have retired after about 42. <laughs> I think what we should have retired is after that Stroke Association podcast that we did in the uh, Natural History Museum. Yeah. I mean, the guests that we had on that podcast at that time special. were just out of this world. And actually, we're lucky enough They've come along again. Okay, we bought them Prosecco. Oh, thank you very drink much. Our drinks. Yeah. yeah, they have very generously arrived with alcohol for us to, to toast the fact that we have ticked off a hundred. Congratulations, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Moment. But look, guys, tell us about tonight. Tell us about those moments tonight. The, the, the impact of you. I've been out of the sector for 18 months now, and tonight was what I needed to come back from my yeah, hi hiatus, like I'm some kind of. Yeah. protégé of the, the sector of I needed to see the inspiration and moments of tonight that remind you that actually we are making a difference and yeah. we are here for a reason and just wow like the people that we work with and the people that we're so lucky to meet every day am I allowed to swear? You, are, you can go ahead fuck me they are incredible like the kids the 85 year old men like yeah. oh my god what are they doing like yeah. it's yeah i yeah. just from, from I, we had young kids tonight we had older gentlemen tonight we had everything in between just doing amazing things it is yeah it's something else and tony if there's anyone listening to this who's considering a career in fundraising or working in the charity sector maybe working in that job that they don't find any passion you know maybe they're well paid what would you say to them about working and moving to a role within the charity sector? I mean, my word, like, tonight, I've been reminded what the charity sector's all about. Like, I've cried tonight, I've laughed tonight, I've enjoyed Samosa Saturdays from the Wolves guy. Like, honestly, it just reminds you why we're here. Like, what do we do? Like, there's, the, it's all about, what, doing good, right? And... <laughs> Lucky. We are lucky. lucky. We are lucky. It's a privilege, and I think that is a nice, a nice moment to. Well, I was going to say, Kenneth, a hundred episodes ago, I was very lucky that you called me and invited me to do this. It's been a pleasure. On to the next hundred.
Yeah, and thank you, James, for everything that we've done over the last 100 episodes. I couldn't, from a, from a guy that I just thought was a bit of a jerk to, you know, one of my best mates, I think that's been a transition that I will enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> right, there's a dance floor. Let's, wrap it up. Let's go. Let's Bye. go! See you later. <laughs> Just before we go, can we ask you a favour? If you enjoyed this episode, and you made it this far after all, and want to help us reach more people and attract more guests, then we'd really love a review on iTunes. Alternatively, if you haven't got anything nice to say, then say it in an email. Get in touch at contact at domoregood.uk and let us know how we can improve the show. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with another story of someone doing more good.